More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, weather report. Are you dealing with stormy relationships that are clouding your joy? Let us help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, weather report. Are you dealing with stormy relationships that are clouding your joy? Let us help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We're talking about dealing with difficult people, really. And we're asking, do you have to deal with a difficult person in your life? I mean, look, relationships are hard enough in general, but some people are especially prickly, defensive, offensive, irritating, (laughs) or just plain old hard to get along with. How do you manage those folks gracefully? Let us help. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Or perhaps the prickly person is you. You know, maybe people are telling you, you know, you're so hard to get along with. Why do you have to be this way? Or they're distancing themselves from you. Or maybe being around them when they seem like they're perfectly fine, is actually making you prickly. There's something about them that's driving you crazy, and it's, you don't like how you're reacting, or they don't like it. Relationships are so difficult. Everybody comes into a relationship, heck, even into just a conversation, with their own perspective informed by their own woundedness, their own defensiveness, and it's really difficult sometimes to negotiate all of that with someone else or many someone else's. It can feel defeating. It can feel exhausting. It can feel pointless or it can make you angry as a hornet. Well, and you know, the, the easy answer, of course, is, well, I just don't want to have those people in my life anymore. Yeah. But that that's not, it's not always that simple, right? I mean, sometimes that person I, you know, can't be easily gotten rid of. You know, they're, they're, they're a spouse, they're a family member, they're, they're an employer or a coworker or, you know, just somebody else that you have to deal with. Uh, and we all have at least one person like that in our lives. We want to help you deal with those folks gracefully so that you can have a more peaceful and enjoyable life overall. So if you've got a difficult person in your life, give us a call and we'll help you manage those prickly, defensive, offensive, irritating, or just plain old hard to get along with people. 877-573-7825. 
Again, that number, 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, when he was the Pope, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections on creation, salvation history, the Gospels, and showed how those things point to God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. Through the theology of the body, St. John Paul reminded us of our, our uniqueness and our dignity and the fact that we were unique and unrepeatable persons. That's a beautiful message, and it sounds really great until we realize that everyone is different than we are. And somehow we have to learn to deal respectfully with those differences instead of feeling put off or threatened by them. It's easy to see irritating people as threatening and to allow ourselves to become defensive in response. But the theology of the body would remind us that the only appropriate response to people, even those irritating people, is love. You know, sometimes loving a frustrating person means bearing the wrongs they commit against us patiently, like that spiritual work of mercy, bearing wrongs patiently. But other times, when a person is habitually offensive, loving that person means setting appropriate boundaries. So that other spiritual work of mercy, admonishing the sinner. This way, that person can be encouraged to repent or change. Knowing the best way to be loving in the moment, especially when we're dealing with people we find irritating or upsetting, requires us to check our tendency to simply react to those people. Instead, the theology of the body reminds us of the importance of learning how to become receptive in the moment, to the ways God is moving in that situation and how he is specifically asking us to work for that other person's good. Now, that's challenging, but not impossible. And with a little practice and some guidance, we can all get there. So let us help you get to that place today on More to Life. The number is 877-573-7825. The show's titled Weather Report. As we talk about those stormy relationships that cloud our joy, we want to help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook on all the people in your life, especially those demanding, prickly, defensive, offensive, irritating, or just plain old hard-to-get-along-with folks that we all have to contend with. Again, the number 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father, the the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those difficult people that populate our life. And we ask you to learn how to be reflective, to be receptive, as your servant St. John Paul reminds us to do in those situations. Rather than allowing ourselves to be triggered and just react to those difficult people in whatever way seems to come naturally, help us to remember to bring those people and those situations to you so that in all things we can respond in ways that glorify you, that help us be our best selves, and invite the person we're dealing with to be their best selves as well. Help us to see those moments, those difficult interactions with difficult people, not only as an opportunity to practice good communication skills, but as an opportunity to grow in virtue 
and build your kingdom by making our relationships healthier and stronger. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Mother and in the name of the Father, Father the, Son, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great, pray, pray for, for us. us. Today on More to Life, again, the show is titled Weather Report. As we talk about stormy relationships that cloud our joy, we want to help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook on all the people in your life, especially those difficult to deal with, prickly, defensive, offensive, irritating, or just plain old hard to get along with folks that we all have to contend with. If that is bringing up a picture in your mind right now of a a specific person, let us help. The number, 877 Five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that number is eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let's talk now with Brandon, who's listening to EWTN Radio in California. Hi, Brandon. Welcome to Word of Life. What can we do for you? Uh, good morning. Thank you very much for taking my call. God bless. Uh, Thank you. You too. Hi. I need some guidance. Um, I'm having some difficulty, actually. It has to do with prayer uh, with my grandmother, uh, who is a devout uh, Christian. Um, And I'm really not sure. When I talk to her uh, once a week, I I like to do prayers with her, but I'm I'm at a loss, really, and I I need some guidance. So I would like to give some examples. The Twelve Apostles uh, were with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's irrefutable. Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ. That's irrefutable. Uh, St. Joseph was Mary's spouse. That's irrefutable. Sure. Yeah, so well, you're saying Catholic saying So, Brandon, here, here, uh, here's my question for you. You say you want to be able to pray with your grandmother. It sounds yeah. like you want to evangelize your grandmother. Those are... Those are two, yeah, two, yes, thank you, that's the word I was looking for, to convert her to Catholicism, which is, you know, a good thing because you want to give her the fullness of the truth. But here's the thing, if you want to be praying with your grandmother, you can pray with your grandmother. You share all the doctrines of the Christian faith, you share your faith in Jesus Christ, and you can just pray with her for her needs for her her closeness to God, for your relationship together. She's a grandmother. Conversations about why you see these doctrines of the church as as the fullness of truth are conversations that you should have with her when you're saying to her, hey, grandma, you know, this is something that's important to me. I just wanted to share it with you. Praying with her just means saying, hey, Lord, we love you. I'm so glad, glad to have a grandmother that loves you. I'm so glad that I love you. Please be with her in this way, that way, the other way, and help us to draw closer every day. Yeah, you, you told our screener that you know you, you like to pray to the Blessed Mother, to the saints, uh, you know, you, you and, and use sort of the, the standard formal prayers of the church, which is beautiful. And and you know the, the way that works, right? Those formal prayers are meant to teach us how to pray more deeply, um, but they assume a personal prayer life. They assume um, a, a, a conversational prayer life with the Lord. You know, they assume that we're having that ongoing discussion with Jesus throughout the day. And then these more formal prayers teach us how to take that relationship deeper. Unfortunately, what a lot of Catholics do is is they just use those formulas and they don't ever take that relationship deeper because they don't have a personal connection with God. And and I'm I'm picking up, Brandon, from from you know what you're saying, you have a very intellectual faith. Uh, you know a lot about Catholicism uh, and the prayers that you're saying are very beautiful, but um, you, it doesn't strike me that you have a terrifically personal 
relationship with the Lord. And you may. You may have a deeply personal relationship with the Eucharist. But talking about... Okay, let's talk about it this way for a minute. If, if, If you and someone else that you care about are very, very good friends with someone, and it would mean a lot to you to get closer to that friend that the two of you could both go out with that friend and have a nice evening with that friend together and all you did was talk about that friend's other friends and you know I want you to know this person that person other instead of inviting that mutual close friend into your life and and your activities together this this friend would be confused. They wouldn't understand why you wanted to involve all these other people instead of this mutual best friend that you have. Focus on really developing your heart relationship with Jesus and sharing that with your grandmother and bringing Jesus into every interaction you have with her so that she's supported by you. She knows that your soul is in a good place. You're working for her good that will let you go deeper in your faith and with Jesus and that personal relationship that Greg was talking about, but also help your grandmother see you as a trustworthy person who knows her friend, Jesus Christ, and then will accept your influence when you talk about the Blessed Mother and the saints and all of those other wonderful, wonderful teachings. But for now, since you're, you know, you're asking, how do you pray with your grandmother? You just, just, you know, Lord bless my grandma, you know, um, thank you for my, thank you for this wonderful grandmother that I have and please bless her health and please keep her safe and, and let her know how much I love her and help me be a good grandson to her. And you could, you know, you pray that with her when you're talking to her once a week on the phone and ask her what intentions she has and how the Lord's shown up for her and what concerns she might have that you want to keep in prayer throughout the week. So make it more relational and make it more personal uh, and, 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 and pray for the opportunities to share your Catholic faith at other times. Brandon, thank you so much for the call. 877-573-7825. We are talking with you today about challenging relationships, uh, those difficult people that we all have to deal with. And of course, you know, the easy answer is always, well, I'm just going to cut them out of my life. That's not always as easy to do as it is to say. I mean, even when we do it, sometimes we end up feeling guilty and we undermine ourselves then, or we come back or other times it's just not possible because that person is just a part of our life. You know, maybe they're our spouse or our parents or our adult kids. Maybe they're a, 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 a co-worker or an employer, somebody in our parish uh, or anyone else that we just can't get rid of that easily. If you are dealing with a difficult person in your life, we want to help you manage those prickly, defensive, offensive, irritating, or just plain old hard to get along with folks. Give us a call and let us talk about how to manage those people and situations gracefully. The number is 877 573 7825. Again, that number is 877 573 7825. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, more with your calls on dealing with those difficult people. Stick around.
If you've never been to EWTN's free family celebration, this is your year. Your EWTN family is waiting for you where it all began in Birmingham, Alabama. Join us Saturday, August 26th as we celebrate Mother Angelica's love for the Eucharist and mark the centennial year of Mother's birth. For more information on this free event, visit EWTN.com slash family celebration. We want to see you there. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. I'll tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. That is seatonhome.org. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled Weather Report. As we talk about dealing with those stormy relationships that are clouding our joy. We want to help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that number, 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. If you're dealing with a difficult person and not sure how to gracefully manage that relationship, let us help. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchuk. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He is also the co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the Faith and Arts podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Thank you for having me. So we're talking about stormy relationships, and in your work with clients, how do you suggest that you, that people manage those stormy relationships gracefully? Well, I was thinking about this this word "stormy" when I was considering what I what I talked to you guys about today, and it, it led me to kind of consider how Jesus Himself dealt with storms. Right, that's where my mind went to. And, and it seems, you know, there's so many different stories throughout the Gospels where Jesus encounters storms in, in ways that seem surprising to the people around him. And, and it struck me that within those narratives are some really excellent takeaways, surprisingly, for dealing with these complicated relationships. So, you know, the first thing I'd say is that, that just like the disciples, when they approach Jesus in any one of the storm narratives, whether that's Peter walking on the water, whether that's, you know, Jesus 
calming the storm when they wake him up for his nap. You know, just like the disciples in these narratives, the people that we're dealing with in these quote-unquote stormy relationships are always terrified, yeah. right? Difficult people are scared people. And too often we frame difficult people as being difficult people or as angry people or as abusive people in some cases or as you know, toxic people. And I'm not saying that they're not abusive or toxic. Sometimes they are, right? And we have to draw safe boundaries and protect ourselves and things like that. But I think that when we think about them with those labels, sometimes uh, our brains can get locked up a little bit and forget that what we're ultimately dealing with is a really scared person who's sort of in their child self, so to speak, and, and needs to be handled with that loving firmness of an empowered kind of parental figure. Which well, that, is just that, the way I, like, let me cut into fun. this for just a second, because you're, you're giving me like a little brain blast here that I think we can all maybe identify with. So if these people who are irritating and, and very reactive are dealing with wounds that are making them terrified and that's why they're being so prickly right and in mild ways or or toxic ways Uh what i think happens to most of us i know what happens to me is that we take on their terror even if their terror is never spoken there's something about what they're putting out there that we start to get scared we start to get terrified so then you suddenly have two very terrified as you said in their child brain people dealing with each other so how do we stop ourselves from from slipping into terror ourselves and being able to put healthy boundaries around that person and and act as the grown-up in the situation what do we do well jesus when he's encountered by those disciples who are terrified in those storms, does two things that really stand out to me. Uh, First, he rejects roundly the feeling of urgency. And believe me, every client or friend or loved one I've ever talked to hates when I say this and doesn't get it at first. But I truly, sincerely believe, and this is just my opinion, but I truly, sincerely believe that the feeling of urgency is always 100% of the time a lie. Um, and people, when I say this to them, will always bring up kind of emergency scenarios where, oh, well, what if, you know, the house is on fire? What if we're drowning? But to that I always bring up, and I know you guys have brought him up before, you know, your friend and, and my godfather was, you know, served for a long time as the, as the executive director of first responder chaplaincy for the American Red Cross. And he was first on the ground in American Samoa and Katrina and all these terrible places. And Line when 11. he's training the priests and ministers and rabbis that he trains for these emergency situations to you know, serve as chaplains, the first piece of advice he always gives them is if somebody's drowning and you rush out to save them, without taking your time and thinking through it first, we're going to have two people drowning now, yeah. right? And and I, I always tell people that advice because urgency really is always a lie from Satan. And, and so often when we encounter that stormy, terrified person, we feel like we've got to handle it right now and we've got to fix the problem right now. We've got to calm them down right now or it's going to get worse. And, if it, you know, and then it's going to cascade into this other thing. And, and Jesus really rejects that feeling of urgency, right? They wake him up from his nap, and they're like, Lord, what are you doing? Can't, don't you hear the storm around us? And he's, he's so kind of chill about it, right? And, and he doesn't dismiss them. He doesn't, you know, 
begrudge them or make them feel dumb for being, you know, afraid of the storm. He doesn't, he isn't toxic that way, right? But he isn't going to fall prey to their feeling of urgency. And, and I do think that we would do well similarly to be watching ourselves at all times. And when we feel that feeling of urgency, recognize it for what it is as a lie from Satan. Because if we ever give in to that, the situation is actually, ironically, going to become more urgent <laughs> just because of how we are acting in it. Um, the, the, the other point that I would just kind of build on to that with is that Jesus very firmly focuses on the people, not the situation. You know, when Peter is sinking, rather than walking on water with him, he gives Peter his undivided attention. He's not drawing Peter's attention out to all the context, right? Well, look at the water and look at this thing. No, no, he's just, look at me, talk to me, let's talk to each other. He's not even really focused on calming Peter down, because again, I think that would be falling into urgency. He's just interested in helping Peter feel seen and, and really sharing that kind of cosmic moment with him and reminding him, hey, the two of us are the only thing that matters right now. All this other stuff around us, all this other crap, it does not matter, right? And I think that that's really good advice for dealing with these terrified, stormy people, too, because ultimately a scared person really just wants to feel heard and seen and validated and like you don't think they're crazy. And so often in our urgency to calm them down or to show them why they're wrong, we dismiss them and invalidate them and make them feel dumb. And, and Jesus would just never do that, right? Jesus and, calms the storm by giving that undivided loving attention and showing that he's going to be there with them in the storm right. no matter what. And when we do that and we follow that model, we're also protecting ourselves from, as you said, drowning emotionally with them. Fascinating words today, Jacob Flores Popchek. We appreciate it, and we will all be kind of mulling that over all day long as we think about our prickly relationship. And if folks would like to learn more about Jacob's good work, come on over to catholiccounselors.com. And you can also check out his podcast with Father Gabriel Toretta, Created Things. With that, we are going to break, but we are taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825. And as you were listening to Jacob's re reflection, maybe you were thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but you don't know this person. Mm -hmm. right? You don't know how they push my buttons. You don't know how they get under my skin. And sure, you know, that, that's, that's really true. It's one thing to say, you know, don't react in that sense of urgency, um, but come at it from a place of compassion and, and empathy and, and, and love. It's another thing to actually do it, right? So if you are dealing with a difficult person in your life, uh, if you are managing that person you can't just get away from who is prickly, defensive, offensive, irritating, or just plain old hard to get along with, we want to help you manage those folks through God's grace. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573-7825 will help you manage all those stormy relationships in your life. Talk to you in just a minute after the break. Do you rely on energy drinks to give you a boost? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Sales of energy drinks continue to grow rapidly, up to $20 billion yearly. 
Manufacturers are often promoting these drinks as a healthy alternative to other drinks like sugary soda and sports drinks. Energy drinks can be low in sugar and calories but are high in caffeine. Some 12-ounce energy drinks have 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's about the same as two Red Bulls, two cups of coffee, or six cans of cola. Drinks have even been included in some school lunchrooms. So what's the big deal? Adults should have no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. And doctors recommend that for kids age 12 to 18, no more than 100 milligrams a day. Under age 12, no caffeine at all. It's easy to bust through these suggested amounts daily. Heart and sleep issues can arise. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on energy drinks at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. As a Catholic dad, I know how frustrating parenting can be, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert support with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along with each other and love the Lord, downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, a supportive community of faithful Catholic parents, and tons of other benefits, like my Beatitudes podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchek. When feeling attacked, judged, or misunderstood, our natural tendency is to react, to lash out and defend ourselves. We assume that the other person intends to be offensive, but even when it seems like someone is being purposefully antagonistic, we don't really know their true intentions. That's why charity and good psychology remind us that instead of reacting harshly, we can choose to be humble and give the other person the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean letting people walk all over us. It means that the best way to challenge an antagonistic person's bad behavior is to ask questions that clarify what they're trying to accomplish so that we can help them find kinder, more loving ways to get their point across and meet their needs. Clarifying questions don't accuse or challenge the other person. They hold up a mirror that forces the antagonistic person to ask themselves, is the way I'm acting really helping me get my needs met? To learn more graceful ways to deal with conflict, visit catholiccounselors.com or check out our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Weather Report. We talk about dealing with stormy relationships that are clouding our joy. We want to help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook on all of those people and relationships. Give us a call at 877-573-783. And tell us, do you have to deal with a particularly difficult person in your life? I mean, relationships are hard enough in general, but some people are particularly prickly, 
defensive, offensive, irritating, or just plain old hard to get along with. How do we manage those folks in graceful ways? How do we manage those people as Christians? How do we love the other person um, without being doormats uh, or being taken advantage of, or for that matter, enabling sinful and destructive behavior? 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Before we get to our next caller, we just want to send out a big congratulations to our longtime member of the EWTN radio family. Wilmington Catholic Radio is celebrating their 19th year with us. They serve the greater Wilmington, North Carolina area with three stations. Fantastic. Congratulations to Bill Hamilton and his team at Wilmington Catholic Radio from all of us at EWTN. And just a note out there, wherever you're listening, make sure you're supporting your local Catholic radio station with your prayers and your financial support as well to keep Catholic radio going strong and growing stronger every day so that we can be here for you and those you love. And right now we are here for you and those you love. (laughs) We're talking about those difficult relationships on More to Life today. The number is 877-573-573. 7825. Are you dealing with somebody, whether it's a family member or a friend or someone in your social circle who's just hard to get along with uh, and you're not sure how to manage that relationship? Maybe, you know, they're not a person you can get rid of easily, um, but they make you groan every time you see them coming up over the horizon. <laughs> how do you respond to that person gracefully and and maybe even transform that relationship into a real friendship? Maybe you're feeling like you're not your best Christian self when you're around them and you're beating yourself up about it. You're feeling bad about it. Or they're telling you you're not very Christian when you ever draw a boundary with them. Maybe they are just driving you crazy and you're just tired of feeling that way. Let's talk about it, give you some new skills and connect you with God's grace today. Give us a call at to more excuse me, give us a call on more to life today at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We're talking now with Jane who's listening to EWTN radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. Hi there, Jane. Welcome to More to Life. Hello, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, my problem is I have a, a daughter who I love dearly is getting married and, um, to a man, and she, but she insists that everyone call her either they or them. And she Sorry, this is your daughter who's getting married? It's because it's a screener says it's granddaughter. Granddaughter. Granddaughter, okay. okay. So yes. your granddaughter's getting, and, she's, she, and, and you told her screener that, that your granddaughter is, is uh, not Christian, She's also marrying a non-Christian as well, so she doesn't have that sort of uh, Catholic well, understanding they're, they're, of the person. I think they're Christian, but they're not Catholic. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what they are. but I understand. But she she does have ADHD, and she gets agitated very easily. And um, because she's insisting on being called they or them, it makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she's pretty much said to everyone, if we don't call her that we're not invited to her wedding which of course is very upsetting to me so i wrote her a note explaining you know how uncomfortable i am doing that but she says she started crying and she says well it's been years and she doesn't feel either male or female so she wants to be called they or them now he doesn't have a problem with 
that. He doesn't need to be called that or anything. I'm just but, I'm just fascinated by this idea that that that, that you know she. Is, is struggling so much with her gender identity, but she's, you know, in, entering into a, a very kind of traditionally gendered role as wife. And, and, and exactly, it, 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 exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, what are you asking specifically then? Because you've already shared with her, you know, uh, your your struggle with this. Um, has she disinvited you from the wedding? Just so I understand kind of where things are. She has not done that, but she said she did answer back. She said, I've asked people that can't do that not welcome at my wedding. Now, I I tried to explain to her, you know, that I, I'm very uncomfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, she started crying. And so I, what should I do? Is this is it okay for me to to try to call her they or them? I mean, I, I, I think I decided to call her by her name rather than and I think that that would be the compromise that I would suggest to you that that, that you know um, you know we usually use pronouns when we're talking about somebody when they're not there, right? So when you when you, you know when you're addressing her directly, you're going to say you know her name, her name, right? So so it it's not it's not something that we need to make an issue out of necessarily. Um, you know if 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 somebody kind of directly confronts us about it, I think that we do need to hold the line um, because you know as Christians we are not just committed to supporting religious truth. We're committed to supporting the truth because Christ is the truth, capital T. Um, and that stands for both religious truth and created truth. Um, and and we can't buy into a lie, ultimately. But we also don't have to pick battles where a battle isn't necessary to fight. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, again, so there's a fine line here, right? Um, but I think that, you know, You've you've done your best to communicate your feelings and your beliefs, um, which are spot on. Um, she knows she knows where you stand. So, we talk in our book, having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with adult sons and daughters, about the difference between accompaniment and approval. And I think this might be helpful for you. So you know, we Pope Francis talks a lot about accompaniment. Uh, we hear the word a lot, but it's hard to know what it means because for a lot of folks, it, it, it kind of communicates the idea that we ap- approve of this person's behaviors and choices. And that's not what it means at all. To accompany somebody means that I want to understand the intentions or the needs behind your choices and behaviors, right? So for example, your granddaughter is struggling mightily within herself to identify, uh, to, to know who she is as a person, to know what it means to be a woman. Uh, and and she, she doesn't feel she fits into those categories easily. And, and for her, it's a really painful thing. And so she's found this way to communicate that struggle to others, that, that, and she wants other people to be able to acknowledge that struggle. Right? And that, that's, you know, that's a good intention to want other people to know your pain and to validate that pain and to say, you know, I'm so sorry you're struggling with that. I'm so sorry that you're hurting in that way. I want to be here with you. Now, that's accompaniment. The uh, approval piece would be used to say, and, and I 100% agree with the way you're trying to resolve that crisis for yourself. To accompany somebody means to say, you know what, I, I really acknowledge the pain that you're in, and I see how hard this is for you, and I'm so sorry, and I want to be here with you through this while you sort all this out. I want to be praying with you. I want to be walking with you. I want to be your friend. I want, I want to be a support to you. But I do have concerns about the way that you're going. And that's okay to express that, 
right? It's okay to say, you know, I, I see the struggle and I know the pain and I'm so sorry that you're managing all of this. And I see how you're trying to resolve that pain. I don't believe that is the best way for you to go. Um, but I'm here with you and I love you and I want to support you while you try to figure all this out. So that's the difference between accompaniment and approval. To, 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 to accompany somebody does not mean that you have to approve of what they're doing. It means that you acknowledge and empathize with the pain behind their choices. And when they ask you, you can be honest about the fact that you don't agree with the way they're trying to resolve that pain, that you believe that there are better ways, more holistic ways, healthier ways to respond to that pain. But you don't deny the pain. The reason your granddaughter is getting defensive about this is because in her mind, when people won't acknowledge the pronouns that she wants you to use, you're denying the pain that she's in and the struggle that she's facing. And you're telling her that, that, she, that, that none of that's real and she should just get over it. You're not saying that. That's how she interprets it. And so that's what this fight is really about. The fight isn't about what pronouns you use. The fight is about, Grandma, I want, you to, I want, to, I want to find a way to tell people how much I'm hurting. Right? And, and you, can, you can empathize with that and be considerate of that, even while you are very honest with the fact that you don't believe this is the healthiest way to respond to that pain. I hope that that gives you a, a better way forward in this relationship rather than kind of getting caught up in that very polarized debate. It enables you to see her as a human being who's struggling, who deserves to be loved, uh, who is in pain and needs other people to know that pain, and it allows you to be able to be a support to her, at least in, in whatever way she'll allow you to be, while not throwing um, the truth under the bus. Uh, we do talk about this more, uh, this idea of accompanying versus approving in our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Adult Sons and Daughters. You can pick it up at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. Thanks so much for the call, Jane, and if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the program. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about difficult relationships on our show titled Weather Report. We kind of take a cheeky look at the idea as we talk about stormy relationships that are clouding our joy. We want to help you find clearer skies and a sunnier outlook. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825, and we'll help you manage those difficult people and stormy relationships in your life in graceful ways that glorify God and help you actually find some peace. 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person now this ver- oh, go ahead I'm sorry. i think we have to break this down though because especially now that um the word salty is just yeah. used as you know like throwing in a zinger you know yeah. a little burn at somebody in the popular you know speech it's not what scripture no, means here. i was reading some commentaries on this and and you know this is important to understand you know how the the idioms of the day you know right. the, the way that and and when saint paul said this you know salt in biblical days especially was very valuable it could be used as currency uh and so it was valuable as a spice and it was also a preservative right and so the commentaries on this scripture say that there are sort of two meanings to what saint paul is saying here so first when we speak we need to preserve the gospel of Jesus Christ in all that we do and communicate the gospel well in our words and in our actions. But secondly, 
we want to add value to the conversation. We want to make sure that we're contributing something positive and good and uplifting uh, so that our words are always working for the good of the other person. So when St. Paul says that we should let our speech be gracious in dealing with difficult people, quote-unquote, seasoned with salt, he doesn't mean be salty with people. He means um, to make sure that we're communicating the gospel, we're preserving the gospel as salt does, and we are adding value, as salt did, uh, to that conversation, bringing more flavor to it and really uplifting the experience of that interaction. So something to keep in mind, Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And I'll just editorialize there, including those difficult, annoying, obnoxious, defensive, offensive, or just plain old hard to get along with folks. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 25. More to life will continue right after the break. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is a Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1-833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Weather Report as we talk about dealing with stormy relationships. If you've got a difficult person in your life and that relationship is, uh, you know, just clouding your joy, give us a call. Let's help you find faithful, grace-filled ways to respond to those challenges. 877-573-573. 7825. 
Let's talk now with Mary Ann, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Wisconsin. Hi, Mary Ann. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Thank you. My name is Mary Beth, if that's okay. I apologize. apologize. That was not on our board. So, what's up? Uh, okay. Thank you for answering that other previous caller, because that is very helpful to me. And after the call, I would like the name of that book. Um, I just want to say one general thing. Um, maybe you could uh, react to that. Is yeah. It just seems like in the past two years that there has been more dissension among people than I remember growing up as a kid. Just oh, families yeah. not getting along, not being invited to weddings. Oh, it's insane right now. You're you're viewing it. But, you know, I I agree with you, but I I want to get to your particular thing in the time we have and and your family situation on my board, if it's correct. It's saying that your 18-year-old daughter was diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder and that the defiance is getting worse, the bad behavior is getting worse. Is that what was at the heart of your call today? I want to make sure we're... my daughter's 18. She is adoptive. I will make this brief. Um, We're going through a lot of disrespect a lot of I don't um, believe in your God, Mom. And, um, oh, and I, sorry to interrupt. How old was she when you adopted her? Pardon? How old was she when you adopted and, and, and domestic or international? Just so I have a fifteen months, and she's from Kazakhstan. Okay, thank ah, you. gotcha. Okay. okay. And wait, I just want to bring this up. Um, is she's had some long uh, one month external outpatient therapy from um, our Rogers Hospital here, and I happened to just review some of the notes. What I am concerned about very much is something that I read in her notes that said she has been given different communication strategies to work at home um, when we don't get along, but she told the counselor she is refusing to utilize any of those except for avoidance and using earplugs to shut me out. That doesn't work, and I just no. Can I ask, Marianne, are, are, what what opportunities do you have to work together with her in family counseling? Um, she's she has refused family counseling. She's still living with you. Pardon? Does she still live with you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, can can you does. press that issue? Can you can you because I'd like I'd like you to actually speak to her counselor um, because you know the thing is. Teens, especially, don't do well in individual therapy. They just don't. I mean, there, there are some teens who, who will. I'm not saying as a blanket statement. There are, there are some teens who will. But generally speaking, um, you know, kids and teens are part of a family system, right? And and they and when you when you send them off to individual counseling, what tends to happen is that either they'll underrepresent their problems misrepresent their problems or they'll be honest but they don't have the character strength yet or the maturity to follow through effectively on the suggestions that their counselor is making very much like you're experiencing with your present counsel with your daughter's present counselor um they really need a a, a context around them that kind of requires them to be accountable i mean any teenager would prefer to avoid an issue Frankly, I would prefer to avoid an issue than deal with it, right? And if you're an angry teenager, even more so. And so there needs to be some kind of accountability to help her uh, really use these tools that the counselor is giving her. I think that there would be nothing wrong. Now, the counselor couldn't speak to you about the, uh, the specific details of your daughter's counseling, but since you know that she's in counseling and you have access to her notes, then clearly um, there, there is you know, some kind of communication there. I, I would like you to reach out to the counselor and say, look, 
uh, I think we really need, I would really appreciate it if you would recommend that we need to be seen as a family. Because um, she's not using the things that you're talking about, except to avoid and to, uh, you know, to, to withdraw. And that's not helping anything. You know, the reality is that, that uh, this is, you know, oppositional defiant disorder is, um, it, it basically just, it, it, it makes you think that it's a behavior problem, but it's not a behavior problem. It's always a relationship problem. And the more you try to p- treat uh, oppositional defiant disorder as a behavior problem with consequences or with, you know, correction uh, or with, you know, hey, you need to be more this or that or the other, the worse it gets. What's really, you know, you said that the previous call was helpful to you. And, and, and I think I know why, because, you know, we're, we're talking about needing to address the underlying pain behind your daughter's behavior instead of focusing as much on the behavior. Now, of course, you have, you can't let her be a monster. I no, understand. not that. at all. But the underlying pain here is not, and you know this, but I'm saying this for the benefit of the rest of the listening audience, it's not just the 17 years she spent with you, 16 and a half years she spent with you and her being an obnoxious, you know, child and teenager. This is rooted in so much pain the pain of her losing her original parents the pain of her being raised for 15 months in a terrible situation where she was probably in agony every single day i'm speaking to this from a personal place because we're international adoptive parents are set for ourselves for for her to then lose the understanding of a language she was starting to develop and come here, have everything be strange, have well-intentioned but complete strangers as parents and have to deal with this. And always, always, her preset is high alert. Her preset is always going to be survival and high alert. And so you're getting, as, as Jacob was talking about earlier, a person in your daughter who is constantly has an underlying state of terror. No matter how she acts with her friends or her teachers, the underlying state is terror. And I really want you to be able to say to her, look, a lot's gone down between you and I over the years, but you've also got all this terror underlying what you're going through from the way you started out in life. I want to be there to help heal all of this. If you let me in to therapy sessions, even if she has her own individual ones and you do family therapy as a as an extra thing with her you want to say i'm there i'm going to cut open a vein and and let all my defenses come down and just let you figure this out with me because i'm your mother and i'm your mother forever and i love you and i want to help you heal and i want to help us heal yeah my my concern here too is that that this diagnosis um is just too superficial i mean oppositional yes. defiant disorder just means your kid doesn't listen to you that, that's all it means they're there they behave badly um, I'm I'm concerned that that this is really much more of an attachment problem, um, and a and a and a just traumatic wounding problem. The two together are very very painful for both of you to deal with, and you need to find a therapist who can understand what adoption means. They don't just look at a teenager and say, this person's rough. They must have an oppositional defiant disorder. They're not looking at the, the reasons so, at so all. So finding a family therapist that, that, that works with adoption issues is just going to be critical here. Um, uh, and, and in terms of how to approach her about all this, and she's refusing you know, to work with you, I really want you to go through that book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Adult Sons and Daughters. 
uh, because I think it'll give you more ways to approach her and press this issue without making her defensive. Thanks so much for the call. With that, we've got to get out of here, but thank you so much for letting us share this part of your journey with you. And if you are struggling in any important relationship with you, excuse me, if you... (laughs) Got to sneeze here. If you are struggling with any important relationship that's difficult, we want to help you manage those situations gracefully. You can learn more about all the resources we mentioned on today's program at CatholicCounselors.com, including learning more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life. Learn more at CatholicCounselors.com. And then get out there and celebrate the life God has in store for you because with His grace, there's so much more to life. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.